And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let me tell you people something. This ain't just a football. This is your hopes, your dreams, your ambitions, your soul in a roll. It's your life. Tomorrow on that field, it's do or die. Win or cry. Go, baby, go! Amen. Tonight when you go home, I want you to brush your little teeth. I want you to wash your little faces. And I want you to dream the sweet dreams of football glory. Because tomorrow we're going to crush the little giants into smithereens. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them cowboys? How about them cowboys indeed? It's that time of year. We got to make picks here on the About Them Cowboys podcast. So welcome in to the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kent, behind the scenes, and welcoming in our Cowboys beat writers, John Mishota and Saad Youssef. Here to lead us through this thing, on into week one, it's Kevin KT Turner. Hey, KT. Howdy. How we doing, guys? Ready to get this thing going? Um, obviously, a lot of stuff to get to in today's episode, and at the end, we will conclude it with our picks you know, yeah, we'll broaden out, give you a little national perspective, uh, or at least uh, some picks from us local guys here in DFW. Let's start out, though, with uh, the Terrence Steele signing. I, I got to tell you, John, I, I hadn't, uh, I guess I didn't see it coming. I don't know if you did. Uh, kind of got the weekend news dump situation, but I was very pleased with that deal. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys getting the deal done with Terrence Steele? Yeah, I'm not surprised that they got one done just because... I know that he was somebody that they wanted to get signed because this is his last year under contract. Uh, I would say the only reason there might be some surprise is because of the fact that he's coming off this major knee injury. But part of the reason they probably felt comfortable with it is because of the fact of how he's been, uh, how diligent he's been and how quickly he's been able to overcome this coupled with what they've already seen from him as a player over the last few years. So uh, no, I knew he was in that mix. You know, there's those times when you're talking to Stephen Jones or Jerry Jones and you, you, you're you talking about the contracts coming up and, you know, they'll mention names and and without even asking. And, and that's usually a pretty good tell of what they're what they're working on. So now this gets that one out of the way. You know, it took care of Zach Martin, got Malik Hooker done, uh, Trayvon Diggs. So the next two that are up are obviously Dak and CeeDee Lamb. And I don't necessarily think either will get done before the, you know, Sunday night, but it also wouldn't surprise me if one of them did. I mean, look at how that Terrence Steele thing came down. It was a Sunday morning. How often does that type of news break on a Sunday morning? But uh, they were working on it Friday and Saturday, started getting close. Sunday, uh, both parties agreed. And then on Monday, uh, Steele signed the deal. And uh, I know it looks like a lot right now, but as long as he keeps on the same path he's on right now, you know, a year or two from now, you look at that deal as like, a, a bargain um, just because of how the salaries will continue to go up. But uh, to get five years, that's five years on top of this year. So it's, I mean, they have them under contract for the next six years. And uh, if you think you can find another uh, Terrence Steele, uh, go out and uh, look around the NFL. Uh, there's not many quality offensive linemen out there, especially offensive tackles. And so uh, they didn't want to risk losing them. 
Yeah, I think I think also with Terrence Steele and his kind of story, it reminds me a lot. It reminds me somewhat of Ron Leary, just because Ron Leary was also an undrafted guy and kind of came out and you know kind of plugged right in. Uh, the difference here is that Ron Leary was kind of the fourth out of after the three big monsters, right? Like Tyron was still in his prime, and Zach Martin and Travis Frederick were all kind of still were all there, not. Maybe not when like he got here because I know Leary got here before Martin did, but I'm just saying like when he became that guy with Terrence Steele, it's different though because just by virtue of the pecking order, Terrence Steele might be your second most reliable offensive lineman right now. Um, all things considered, I still think Zach Martin's the best, and Tyron Smith when he's on his game is is the best. But um, but Tyron Smith's health and and rely and uh, you know availability is always in question and. For Terrence Steele, the way that he plays and also the way that he's rehabbed from this knee injury, it's been really impressive, all things considered. So I think uh, I think it's really interesting that you know they were able to kind of get it done at the timing that they did. And you know I think again coming back from your knee injury, you had a little bit of the Cowboys may have had a little bit of leverage, whatever. But uh, but the bottom line is, and Mike McCarthy talked about this. You know, he's not overly revealing in too many of his press conferences, but the other day he did say that, you know, it's just hard nowadays to find offensive linemen, period. It's just different. And you look at it, and this is not the days of having Tyron, Zach, and Travis Frederick, and then, you know, we'll worry about the last two. It's like, no, if you get one or two good Pro Bowl, all pro level guys, you got to lock them down. It's kind of interesting too. Like you start looking at, uh, you know, the way they did that, um, the way they structured the deal. Very classic Stephen Jones kind of way of organizing and structuring the deal. I think what John said is what I ended up going to last is uh, this thing that we all know and it's been beaten to our head over the years. The way these deals look at the end of the deal is usually pretty good at this point. So I really love that and. And I also think like it's interesting that Mike McCarthy's like come around on that too. Not not that I guess he was fighting it, but you know we remember the fantasy football you know comment, and we uh, you know the point is they they might have got it right. We were all questioning, well, maybe Terrence Steele should play left guard. Maybe that would work out, and they have developed it right. And I'm interested to see how big of a change the offensive line coach changes this year, how much that impacts the team. But it's also a testament to them developing. You know, the, a lot of people were hard on Terrence Steele the first year that he played here. And usually got a few things about his background and the fact that he was invited to the Senior Bowl. You don't just get invited to the Senior Bowl. Like, those are a lot of people who really think you've got a really good chance of playing in the NFL. And the fact that he wasn't drafted, maybe a little shocking, but he didn't have a good uh, Senior Bowl week. You know, it wasn't some some great week for him, but it was always about – you know, he was still growing. He was still learning a little bit how to play and how to use all of his parts together. And over the years, you look at what a developmental project he's been and what he's turned into. It's outstanding that you could not use any draft capital and turn him into this. And stability matches up with what you're looking for with Tyler Smith, even though there is a three or four year age difference there. You know, you still can kind of feel like, okay, we've developed a, an offensive line you know, moving forward the way we kind of did 10 years ago. I I was stoked about the deal. I think it's it's excellent. And, uh, yeah, I'm just very happy about it. Uh, while we're on the same token, Tyler Smith, a uh, little hammy injury. Is that anything to be concerned about, John? 
I think it has to be just because it's a hamstring one. And then two, when Jerry was asked about it this morning on 105.3 The Fan uh, during his first weekly interview of the season, he didn't immediately uh, shut it down like he normally does if it's nothing that nothing major. He said that he was going to get an MRI today and just to be precautionary about it. But he still thought that that wouldn't have any impact on him, you know, playing Sunday night. But it's a hamstring and you just never know how long those things can linger. And so because of that, um, you, you just don't know for sure. Uh, it could be one of those things where they think he's fine to go, uh, you know, Sunday night and he's out there and he might be playing well. And all of a sudden he feels a tug a little bit. And now all of a sudden he's got to come out and a little bit on the Terrence Steele side of it. There's a part of me that feels like if that is to happen in the game, you don't really feel great about any of your backup options. I kind of go with the Terrence Steele approach. If you think TJ Bass, just like Terrence Steele, an undrafted rookie free agent, has the upside to become an NFL starter. I think you throw him to the wolves and and you deal with the growing pains and you're, you know, it's like, you're going to have to, everything's not going to be clean, but you just, that's what you got. That's what you go with. I don't necessarily think they'll do that. I think they probably Chuma Adoga, just because he's a veteran, his experience would probably be the next guy up. He just hasn't really been that impressive during, you know, training camp. So, or the preseason. So, um, there's some huge question marks there, but, um, I'll just say this. I know there's a lot of PTSD from Cowboys fans with what went on in Atlanta, you know, when, when, when obviously they, they put Chaz green in there and, and they left him on an Island and, and Adrian Claiborne had a career year in one game. Um, I don't get the sense from this coaching staff that they would do the same thing. And to Adrian be honest, Claiborne. uh, there's a lot of things you can be critical of Mike McCarthy about, but I think one of his strengths have been uh, in those difficult times when there has been adversity, his game plans have kind of been able to overcome that. I mean, 2020 was up and down and whatever, but there were some games in 2020 where I'm like, I don't know how you patch this thing together with duct tape and we're able to come out with a win here. And then you just point to all the games when they haven't had Dak the last two years and they've been right in all of them and won five of the six. So uh it won't, like I said, there'll be things that they'll be limited with if, if, you know, Tyler is to come out of the game, but I still have a lot of confidence that Mike McCarthy will come up with a game plan that uh, will be suitable for them to be able to win this game, whether they have Tyler Smith or not. Yeah. And looking, uh, looking at that, you know, obviously there's week one, like you also getting that vibe of why push it too soon on some of these things, if there is something uncomfortable, but man, I, uh, I'm not too, too worried about it. I was like, hamstring stuff is interesting for like the old cowboy days. <laughs> that felt like that was soft tissue. That's going back to Miles Austin's, and maybe you forget like how old we've gotten. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes my Sean references, Lee. I start thinking about. Sometimes my references aren't that great anymore as I reference things um, from ten years ago. Miles Austin. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Weird. Man, it was a, it was an issue like the end of Garrett's time. Yeah, Remember, yeah. They brought in what? Who's the yoga people? They had ballet bars in the. In the facility, yes, yeah. Okay, this is a this is a weird one, man. Is there anything at all to the Chris Jones rumors that are just kind of flying (laughs) around? It's wild that he hasn't signed yet, and Travis Kelsey is going on his podcast and begging him to (laughs) sign or at least play. Like (laughs) that's that's crazy in itself. But sure enough, the Cowboys always find themselves in these discussions. It is interesting. It is the one place on the team that you go, man, immediate upgrade that we could like use a spot for right there. 
yeah. anything at all to this john i don't i don't um and also it won't happen now because this has been put out there so uh tell me the last time that that's happened with the cowboys usually if they were going to do the chris jones thing i think it would have been done already uh and then there's a part of me too that if they did that deal it would make me think a little bit about maybe they're not as sold on mozzie smith and I know that they're not playing the same position, but if you feel as strongly as you did the day you drafted Mozzie Smith about how, yeah, we're going to use them in a different way than Michigan did. There'll be more pass rush there and things like that. If you still feel strongly about that, which from every you know indication they do, I, I don't, you when I say that, they don't necessarily have to play the same position, but I'm just talking about the money investment that you're making. This is a very draft and develop. Like You don't just go and give all, because obviously to get Chris Jones, you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. To all of a sudden go down that road um, just seems kind of unlikely, especially during in a time where you're still got to pay C.D. Lamb. You still got to pay Dak Prescott. You still got to make Micah Parsons the highest paid defensive player of all time. So because of all of that, it doesn't make much sense to me. Aren't you, Mike, If you're Mike McCarthy, aren't you beating down Jerry's door, though, for that? Man, I got one year here. Let's go for it. I don't care about three years from now. <laughs> I can actually argue the contrary. And that would be that if you're Mike McCarthy, you do that for this one year and it doesn't work out, you're probably gone. Whereas as much as people think that if they come up short this year, I still am hesitant to believe that because of the fact that if they get back to winning double digit games, like this team clearly should do, even if they fall short in the playoffs, Mike's going to be able to show Jerry, look at all these players we've been able to develop. These young guys they are still one of the youngest rosters in the league. There's guys getting big contracts, three years in a row of double digit wins, knocking on the door, something that the Cowboys have not done in three consecutive years. Mike's going to have a lot of leverage to say, I, I deserve some more time to try and get this thing over the they top. They don't have Chris Jones. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, and he's developing guys and things like that because, you know, the draft and develop thing, that's obviously what, a big part of in Green Bay. Green Bay very rarely goes out and makes a big splash move for somebody, you know? I mean, obviously they did for Reggie White and there's some other ones, but it's not like in their DNA to do that all the time. And so Mike McCarthy's coming from that program and he comes to the Cowboys and they're able to, you know, hit on a, a bunch of guys, Trayvon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, Micah Parsons as these key pieces that are young guys and and you just keep adding more to that. Um I just can see him at the end of the year having a lot of that to sell to Jerry, who's would be mad that they fell short in the playoffs. But hey, look at where this thing's going, you know, and and then also the fact of like, you know, who you don't know who the next guy is that's even out there. That would be that intriguing to to Jerry to just all of a sudden like, no, this isn't working. Let's go another another direction. Let's, you know, heck, you know, if they were to go with Dan Quinn or whatever. I just think that Jerry wants this to work out because things have been building for these last few years that. I don't look at it as this. It's just this. So many people want to talk about like, oh, they fall short again in the playoffs. Mike's automatically gone. There's a good chance, but it's not a guarantee. Yeah, I also think that a Chris Jones trade would be very uh, Rams-ish, you know, to kind of to kind of go all in on on one year and then kind of you know let the let the damage unfold afterwards. But again, look, as John said, look at the head coaching situations there with what Sean McVay and how much security and and you know no explanations needed that were you know mcveigh's job was never on the line when he's trading for all the when they're trading for all these guys so um, but hey side to I, that point it even matches up with like at least with the rams what they had built there to go get ramsey and odell and all that stafford like 
at least that Chris Jones doing that would match up with where they're at. Like the Cowboys, right. like I know Dak's 30, but and, 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 and Tyron and Zach are 32, but for the most part, it's a young team. So it doesn't really match as much as like you're saying with the, with the Rams situation. Yeah, for sure. And all those guys that you mentioned were all guys that they went out and got. And all the guys that you're talking about with Dallas are all homegrown guys. So um, two different situations. But I think if Jerry wanted to do that, it's, you know, it's funny because um, when you look at trades and how they kind of go on, Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore, no one heard a peep about it. Trey Lance, no one heard anything about it before it happened. Um, Any of these big headline type trades, um, they usually don't happen after you know, a podcast has discussed it for a week. So we'll see. And even all those deals are all, they're, they're bargains in a certain way. Nothing about Chris Jones is going to be a bargain. Like you can completely hate the idea of them trading for Trey Lance, but at the end of the day, they gave up a fourth round pick. It's, it's not that big. I mean, but you make that move to get a guy like Chris Jones. Like it just doesn't match up with, with really with things that they've done on that level. The only one that I can say that's would be close to that would be, you know, that, that year when they traded for Amari Cooper and that was because it was just painfully obvious. Like we're not even gonna be able to operate an offense if we don't get a number one wide receiver in here. And this is we're we're at the, we're at the uh, bye week. We got to make we got to make a decision right now. There's nothing about this defense that without Chris Jones and without that commitment can't still be the best defense in the league. You know, okay. First of all, I hear that, and I'm m- mostly with you guys. I guess there's a part of me that goes, okay, so like. Very Stephen Jones to continue building it. There's a big part of me that's just going, why not right now? And a part of it does have to do with what the NFC looks like. But really, the next two years is before you have any concern of losing Micah or not being able to. And I'm creating that monster in my head right now, you know? Um, But like, it did work for the Rams. They have a trash roster now, uh, overall, in terms of depth. But it's not a bad idea. I I kind of just want to say go because we've been trying to do it this other way. And like, no, I mean, there's no guarantees on anything in this world. And I just feel like, man, he doesn't ever like talking about it. And he even gets mad when media talks about it. You look at the age of the owner. It's against what the rest of the front office wants to do, but you've built good enough you've built a good enough roster that you can kind of afford to take this shot. Yeah. Oh, real quick. I would have questions about making that, that move. If you weren't quite there, you are, you might be the favorite in the NFC now, but but this isn't the only move that's out there. There's going to be moves throughout. So why wouldn't you want to at least see what you have from your defense? And then three or four weeks into the season, uh, the, the Rams are in a total tank job. They obviously want to do, and you could po- potentially get Aaron Donald. I'm saying in your line of thinking with like swinging yeah. big like that. Like, so it's not like it's only, this is your last opportunity. The season's about to start. Like, oh no, you'll have opportunities throughout the season to try and add a piece like that. If you think you need that. But I think there's a part of them think that they got everything that they need on this roster right now, because this is the best the defense has been uh, in a long, long time. And you have the pieces on offense where you're just like, yeah, when Dak's been here, for the most part, he's had to be like an elite quarterback with this defense and the team we have right now. He doesn't have to be elite. He just has to take care of the football and we can we can be everywhere where we need to be without making a move like that. You know? Yeah. And I think I I think the one thing also with a trade like this that kind of intrigues me from the Cowboys standpoint is 
I think obviously draft compensation will be a big part going the other way, but it doesn't have to be as heavy as net, as typically it would be because you have so much depth with guys that are marketable on this roster in different places as well. Like if you were to throw like a Jalen Tolbert into a deal, like that has some value. Like it's it may not be like that's not replacing a first round pick going the other way, but it might be replacing another mid round pick that you don't have to give up. And then you have Jalen Brooks who you think could slide in or something like that. Maybe a safety, um, which sounds crazy to say, but like, you know, something like that where, you know, you have guys that you could include in a package that it doesn't have to just be that, you know, like a Trey Lance trade situation, not the Cowboys trade, but the 49ers trade where they have to give up three first round picks and, yeah. and a third rounder and stuff like that. Maybe you can include some players to, to soften the blow on the draft compensation. Would the Chiefs just take a first rounder? I mean, keep in mind a team that needs minimum wage players. Man, I just, I did. I mean, I, I'm sure that that's a possibility, but I just can't believe that where they're positioned, that they would do that. Because as far as I'm concerned, if you do that, I and and I mean, we'll get to this later when we talk about our MVP picks and stuff like that. But like. I'm not trying to do anything that takes away from Patrick Mahomes having a chance to win another Super Bowl. And I just don't know how you make a move like that after you've already weren't able to bring back, you know, Tyreek Hill. It's like, how much do you want this magician to do on his own? You know, I mean, he's going to need some help around him. And if you were to just give up Chris Jones for some draft picks that aren't going to help you this year, I don't know how that helps Patrick Mahomes in a situation where they have as good a chance as anybody to win it all this year again. Osa and a two. <laughs> well, that's why I did see that. They need receivers in KC. I mean, that was just that was floated. Yeah, no, at that, least that. at least in that sense, at least there's a you know you could potentially be getting a player to help you. You know that makes a lot more sense than just be like, hey, we're gonna get rid of our best defensive player, and you're gonna give us a draft pick that uh, might be a late first rounder next year. Cool, that's awesome. Like, how does that help you right now when? I would think I haven't looked, but I would think they're probably the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. Like I don't understand why you're not why you would make that move. Okay, Let, let's just say that the compensation is not crazy. Okay, crazy to make you shy away from doing it. What percentage of Cowboys fans would want to do it? Let's say it was something that's a, a real. I know it's it's hard. Just a one this year's one or Osa and a two. I think something. most would do it. I think most would be on board. I would be on board. <laughs> like, I mean, I why not go for it? But yeah. I'm not I'm not in charge of the team, but I would be all about going for it. I, so there's two different ways for me to answer this. When when you first brought it up, I'm answering it from the team perspective, like yeah. what I think that they will do. But now, because of the way you're saying it, I'm saying I still don't think they will do it. But if I was in charge, I would be all about that. Because if not now, when, you know? So Yeah. I, I don't think, think they would. I don't think they do will, it. though. I, I think they would. The Cowboys would definitely do it. A one straight up for Chris Jones. I think they would definitely do that. That's the thing too. What John said about waiting three or four weeks, fucking Aaron Donald. Maybe you're waiting three or four weeks on the Chiefs' asking price to go down a little bit. Yeah, because the Chiefs had a spot of like, well, he ain't gonna play for us this year, anyways. Or maybe you're waiting three or four weeks for trading for an offensive lineman instead of a defensive tackle. <laughs> there is just something about DT Don't man that, that it just that. like, <laughs> man, when you get good defensive tackle play. Like whether you're talking about like the elite college football teams or the teams that make noise in the playoffs in the NFL, 
there is something about that correlation between and obviously you can't just well we have one we have one in Dominican too with like the lions like of course that's not going to do it by itself but if you have the right pieces around a dominant defensive tackle man that that really translates he to can wreck a game man to wins yeah that, that if it's that, not Aaron Donald part, yeah. Chris Jones would be like one B on the players like if he would acquire for this defensive line he'd probably be number two right He'd yeah. be number two. I mean, Aaron Donald. So, like, yes. if you're going to hold out, alone. if it's not for Aaron Donald, then do it now, you know? Yeah, because if this team didn't have, like, you know, Dorrance and Demarcus Lawrence and, and mm-hmm. you know, Dante Fowler and Sam Williams, I would say it'd be Nick Bosa for me. But while I think Nick Bosa I mean, would be obviously incredible, <laughs> don't get me wrong, uh, I just think the defensive tackle just elevates everything yeah. else. Because, I mean, really, when you look at this defense and – you know, even like looking at going into this Giants matchup, they're very they're very good at defensive tackle. They've put in some significant invest, investments at that spot. That's the only thing where if you if you were the Cowboys and you have that, that's why I was completely on board with the Mozzie pick because everything else falls into place. Because if you can do that and have those dominant DTs and teams can't run against you, this defense is so built for for they want you to throw all day long because of the the guys that take the ball away on the back end and the guys that can pin their ears back up front. Like they want, they would love for you to throw all day long, but teams aren't going to do that. They're going to run the ball because that's what teams have had success against this Cowboys defense. And then it also prevents you from pinning your ears back against them. But if you got that monster in the middle like that, I mean, that could be the piece that, you know, puts you over the top. I just don't think it's realistic. So you said Bosa too. It's just to get that with your head going a little bit. But I mean, at least with the Chris Jones thing. out of the gate. Oh, hold, hold on, hold on. At least with the Chris Jones thing. At least there's something there where you're like, well, I could see the Chiefs being like, well, the only teams that are interested are literally list off all the favorites in, you know, Super Bowl favorites. Why would you send them to an AFC team? So if you were going to do it, you're like, well, you know, Dallas, whatever. At least you could sell me a little bit on that. And then even on the Aaron Donald, you know. Stan Kroenke's friends with Jerry. Jerry helped him get that stadium in L.A. Like, there's just, like, little things there where I'm like, yeah, I guess you could whatever, like, like that. I just don't see how the 49ers would send Nick Bosa to the Cowboys. You know, I just don't yeah. see. I mean, they already gave him a future franchise quarterback in Trey Lance. They're not going to be wanting <laughs> to give away DNs like that. It does sound a Great little point. crazy. Well, let's transition into the New York Giants. Sunday night. Night game on the road in um, – Going to um, MetLife, and you know, Giants are weird. Nine seven and one last year, a playoff team. Brian Daybow, Bow, your head coach, Daybow, Bow, and honestly, didn't lose a lot. You know, they didn't lose a ton. Um, when you look at them, you go, "Well, I don't know that they're worse than they were last year." What they added, if you look at the draft, we talked a little bit about wide receiver Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, uh, Deontay Banks. Uh, playing cornerback for them, um, you know they've had they've added a little bit there. It looks like Deontay Banks will be starting for them. Their starting wide receivers though is uh, does leave a lot to be um, a lot to the imagination there. Darius Slayton, you know Paris Campbell, they're kind of counting on. He's going to come in and play the slot for them quite a bit. He was a big add, and you don't really look at wide receiver as much as you do tight end and Darren Waller. And if Darren Waller is healthy, then kind of a game changer there. He'll also be wearing the shocking number twelve. That's hard to, uh, you know, stop. Uh, it's hard to not to react to. I still think it's kind of a bad offense. They got Saquon there for one more year, but you do kind of know that you're getting fresh Saquon. 
That's the thing I keep coming back to with this game is like getting Saquon when he's taking 10 weeks of hits, a little different than you get him right now at the first of the year. And he's kind of spry. Uh, we are used to getting the Giants earlier, uh, early in the year over the last decade or so. I feel very, very good about the game and the matchup, but I think week one just leaves all kinds of outcomes up to the imagination just because you don't really know how fresh or how, um, I guess, how clean uh, anyone is going to look because, you know, Cowboys didn't play many other starters in the preseason. I would say, yeah, I mean, for, oh, go ahead, Seth. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, Mike McCarthy kind of talked about that, um, about, you know, there being a, a level of mystery in the first, you know, first end of the season. And I think, you know, there's a point to that, but I, I don't really give the Cowboys a whole lot of leeway or excuses on it because they're coming back with a lot of the same roster with the same defensive coordinator. You're talking about defense and Cowboys defense going against Giants offense in particular, Um I mean, there's. I mean, you're not breaking anybody in. You're relying on Micah and Demarcus Lawrence and Lane Vandresh and Jaron Curse and Trayvon Diggs, and so like to me, you don't really have an excuse whether you played preseason or not. It's just a carryover. It is interesting how what's gone on with their wide receiver position really since Odell, because you know they've tried giving that money to Kenny Galladay, drafting Kadarius Tony, and it really has not worked out for them at all. And so because of that, it's almost like. They just haven't been able to put that explosiveness on the outside to pair with Saquon Barkley. So it's allowed, you know, the Cowboys to kind of, you know, focus in on Saquon because you're not really that worried about somebody on the outside beating you up. The other part of it is just, I mean, the Cowboys have just owned the Giants. I mean, just looking through the quotes from today, like Daniel Jones talked today and Darren Waller and Dexter Lawrence, man, they're each got three, four questions about like how long it's been since they, you know, they've been able to beat the Cowboys and if that bothers them and stuff. I'm like, these guys got to be so sick of hearing this stuff. But I mean, it is true. I mean, Dak, Dak, that his rookie year, 2016, they lost both games to the Giants. And since then, Dak has never lost the Giants. The only time the Cowboys have lost to the Giants since 2016 is in that 2020 year when it was at the end of the season when Andy Dalton was their starter. I mean, it's been a long time, uh, and it's not like the games have been blowouts. It's not like it's just like, oh, well, you know, this is just uh, Clemson playing Duke. Oh, wait, that's flipped. <laughs> um, but it's just one of those things where they've been really good games. They just, in the end, the Cowboys have always made a play and and have, have made the difference. And so when I look at the two rosters, I certainly think that the Cowboys roster is better than the Giants. But there is a part of me that thinks, God, this locker room has got to be so annoyed with always hearing about the Cowboys beating us. They're in your division. And I, I think that'll serve as a lot of motivation. I I think on paper, I would think the Cowboys should, should certainly win this game, but I'm not surprised that it's only, I think it's a three, three and a half point spread because there's just kind of a lot of averages. I feel like the Giants eventually got to win one of these. And then even in the openers, the, the Cowboys have just owned the Giants in, in, in the, all these season openers that they've had. Yeah, I'm not so much worried about like the defense. Like the Cowboys defense will be fine. Uh, you start talking about the offense, you're like, okay, how... You know, first of all, how many points do you need to, to go get? Do you need to go get five scoring drives, six scoring drives? Are you able to do that with limited reps or, in some cases, no reps? You know, I don't know. Um, but it's not like a, the Cowboys are the only team that, you know, didn't play any of their starters. So I, I don't have this as your classic, you know, Cowboys are going to get up and score 30 points uh, type of thing. But we're all kind of – we're all kind of grasping at straws when it comes to, to week one. I thought it was interesting. Cole Beasley will not be active. Yeah. And that was what I was reminded that Cole Beasley played for the Giants. You, that's uh, what you reminded he played in the NFL? 
Yeah, sometimes you need those reminders that guys are still in the He's NFL, retired like the three times. When Just you said about back. the uh, their defense against the Cowboys offense, you know, Brian Dable talked today about how there's obviously not a lot they can go off of because now that Mike McCarthy is calling plays. And so there's going to be uncertainty for certain there. Um, the problem, though, is you just look at their front. I mean, they've invested a lot in their front. It's kind of like Washington in a way where it's when you're bad long enough, you get a lot of high picks that, you know, you eventually have Dexter Lawrence, uh, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, Leonard Williams. I mean, they have a front that can really wreck things, especially if you're, you don't have Tyler Smith on the interior. I mean, they could really cause some problems there. Um, but I still think that as long as you, as long as you can keep Dak upright, I think he can make enough plays where you won't have to worry about an offense. It really comes down just as long as he takes care of the ball. I just think they'll do enough on defense that they'll be able to win the game because of that. Yeah. And I also think that I also think that whether it's gamesmanship or whatever, maybe, maybe they just like Dennis Houston that much, but I I think having Dennis Houston in the building, um, you know, it it doesn't hurt. I mean, you know, you're, they're going to a new offense with a new play caller, all that stuff. I mean, he was there for training camp. He was there for preseason and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I don't think that like tilts. I don't think that flips the game because he's like some sort of X factor. But like I said, I, I'm sure it doesn't hurt just having his intel in the building a little bit. Well, the Cowboys answered that with Sean Harlow. Huh? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, let's have a handshake agreement. No one share secrets. There we go. Um, the I will say so. I'll, you know, Darren Waller, that is one of the guys, if he still has anything left, and it's hard to know if he does because he was not, you know, uh, the youngest guy in the league when he broke out with the Raiders. But if he does have something left and he's not completely washed and he was certainly beaten up last year, he is an offense changer, you know, and they need more targets. We know that losing Richie James is not exactly, you know, a thing that's (laughs) going to – Put the dagger in your offense, but getting him could change things a lot, and he causes so many matchup problems. It's that's the one guy. I mean, I think I think even in the off season, maybe people have maybe slept on a little bit that acquisition and what that could mean. But again, it's hard to know how much he's got left. Twenty twenty uh, Cowboys defense, yeah, I would that would be a concern. This Cowboys defense, it's got all the right players in the right places for Darren Waller to to be defended. Yeah. I mean, that's not. I mean, it's kind of, I really hate to just put it down to this, but like, if you tell me the Cowboys don't turn the ball over, I don't see them losing this game. I really don't. All right, Dak, don't turn the ball over. Like Daniel Jones can run for a bunch of yards, because obviously he has the ability to run a little bit, and that kind of sometimes surprises you. Saquon Barkley can kind of go off on the ground a little bit, but if you tell me the Cowboys don't turn the ball over, I just think everything will work out for them. Yeah, and that, I think Jaron Curse. It was interesting talking to him this week, or I guess it was last week. Was it this week? It was this week. It was on Monday. Um, anyways, talking to him, he, I think uh, he called uh, uh, Darren Waller top two tight end, and uh, and we all know who number one is. So I guess you know for for him, he said basically after Travis Kelsey, he didn't say that. I'm saying that. Dalton Schultz. Clear. Yeah, um, we we all know that Travis Kelsey is number one. So. Um, unless he's, but that, you know, that's high praise, but I also think J Ron curse is what John just said. I think J Ron curse was built in a factory to stop Darren Waller. So, um, it, you know, I, I, don't think it should be, uh, that tall of a task. I could, right. okay. Well, I can give you one other, uh, 
could, could be a potential concern. Not that it would cause them to lose the game, but just something to keep your eye on. This game and maybe even a few of the others when the season starts is I'm interested to see because they're so loaded on defense and they have brought so many guys back and Dan Quinzel there. I'm interested to see some of these gambles that Trayvon Diggs might be taking on the back end, you know, just pulling off some guys to try and make a big play and stuff like that. Just kind of being impatient with just staying with his guy, you know, trying to make a big splash. I don't see that from Stefan Gilmore. I mean, just from the times we've been around him, Saad, and, and at training camp, he does not seem like the type of player that you're going to have to worry about with that. Bland doesn't seem like they but there's something about Trayvon Diggs in that back end that I could just see them playing really good defense, and he's just like, I'm going to make a play, I'm going to make a play. And maybe it leads to him giving up a big play, but even then, I, I still don't think that that would... It, the, my only concern would be the Cowboys having some issues on offense. You know, Slow a little start, bit of... Man. Yeah, a little bit of the, you know... It will be in a different way, but, you know, a pass will get tipped up and it'll be an interception and it'll be a little bit of that feeling of like, here we go again with the, you know, the interceptions. It kind of reminds me of that first practice of training camp when <laughs> there was a tip ball and Dak got picked off and it was just like, oh, you know, first first turnover of camp, another tip ball, just like last year. So there is a little bit of that that I'm interested in seeing because it just it would just it's how can you not expect there to be a couple of plays where guys aren't on the same page just because. You know, like watching some of these college football games in week one, there's just stuff that happens when there's no preseason and you're not really, you know, you're practicing against yourselves. And uh, I, I could just see maybe, you know, some miscommunications on some things that might lead to a possible turnover. So as long as they're able to uh, keep that out of it, I, I really think that they'll be fine. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's go ahead and get to our picks here. I will go first. Cowboys 27, Giants 17. Uh, John. That is a great score. Uh, just because you said that, I'll go Cowboys 28, uh, Giants 17. But the, yeah, I like your score more. I had two drives fizzling out, settling for a field goal. That's just me. Sod? Yeah. I'm going to go Cowboys 28, um, Giants 24. Mm, like that. Let's go. And Kent. Cowboys 24, Giants 13. Okay. I thought you were going to go single digits on the Giants for some reason. <laughs> Four. Nine. Uh, so there we go. There's our picks to start off. You the guys year. concerned if it comes down to a field goal? I am. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a, it's un, I mean, I hope we get to a place where I'm not. You know, but you, you got to tear that bandaid off sometime. Let's do it week one. Good USFL so, kicker, man. So they're I mean, going to have that. Let's say they're going to have a game winning kick opportunity Sunday night from 42 yards. You can either have Brett Maher kick it, Nugent, or Aubrey. Aubrey, baby, let's go. Okay. Dude, no. A on the Nuge, okay. <laughs> B, I'm not trying to get the yips again. No offense, dude. Suck that he went through that. But I just yes. no. We don't go back to that. It's like the Rangers running Josh Spores out there again and again and again and again. It's not going to get better. It's just not. A weakness continues to be a weakness. So let's let's give it a shot, man. Let's let's ride with Aubrey, dude. He strikes the ball well. We'll see. I mean, the pressure environment, maybe. Uh, I'm not going to bat for this guy or anything. I, God knows I was griping about the kicker thing all summer. But, like, he hasn't done anything to lose the job. You know, I messed that's that up, a, too, by the way. That's a low bar. <laughs> I didn't mean to go all the way back to the nuge. I meant Zerline, sorry. Well, four Greg back. the leg. My bad. Does that <laughs> change your thoughts on this? Kai? Okay. I'm going Aubrey. I like, I like Kai all over I like Greg the leg. Okay. Well, I like Greg the leg, but if if, if Aubrey's going to, you know, boom it out of the end zone every time, and it looks like he he will, then... I don't think the leg strength is any issue at all. No. Doesn't seem to be. Yeah. He, he hits the ball well. I, this is... The, I hate it that we're asking questions. We had questions about Zerline. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that we weren't questioning Zerline. There so, was an NFL body of work, though, before with him, just like with the, Maher. There's a little bit of key. We don't even have a college kicking body of work here. Now, we do have uh, uh, other professional leagues where he kicked <laughs> very well. Um, so, and I mean, you know what? To be honest with you, after that maybe first week of training camp, ever since then, he's been he was 
pretty solid every time. But th- the issue was that they just didn't give him as many opportunities as maybe you thought they would. Yeah. And the first 59er looked awful. But the second one made you think, oh, they might have found their guy here. So, Well, this will be uh, something to watch for sure because th- th- is the uh, keep in mind last year after week one, I know I was saying the season was over. Um, usually try to be a rational guy, but we definitely thought Dak's hand was going to have to be amputated. Uh, like the way we were talking, Dak was never going to throw a football again and the season was over. I'm uh, telling you, man, Mike came in there with some duct tape and WD-40 and was like, hold on, let me cook here. And I would have been over you, if Rush deserve- hadn't played that well. He doesn't, know. but, but I think, I think McCarthy deserves a lot of credit for how that was able to, how it was game planned around him to where he... When he didn't turn the ball over and just played within himself, like they won, you know. How do, does Mike? Gosh, I don't. We don't need to do a long conversation on this. But like, Mike gets credit for that, or does Kellen get credit for that, or is it shared? Oh no, 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 no. Hold up. To be clear, a bunch of people do, but I okay. think as the head coach, you deserve a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, no, especially Cooper you, Rush. You have to, and then we go back to. Matt Flynn days and things like that, of course. It's funny. I was watching the the very uh, – I'm not trying to uh, kill them or whatever, but they do those, you know, team, team highlight. It's just a tradition, you know, the 30-minute heavily edited team highlights that they put on the NFL Network. NFL for films, some reason, yeah. I always, always find uh, myself ended up kind of stumbling through and watching a, a lot of those. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, man, they're skipping a lot of games. But I tell you what – there's some good moments in that Bengals game in week two that I think was a noon game too. It was kind of a weird, weird yeah. atmosphere a little bit. It was I know it was the day of the Strokes and the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers concert because I was watching the game on my phone mm-hmm. in the parking lot of AT and T Stadium or in the parking lot of the Rangers' new ballpark. But I was like, oh man, that really is a good throw by Cooper Rush. But Trey Lance is never going to play here. <laughs> Those games also really were the thing that helped. Took me to the level where, shout out Deion Sanders, I started to believe in the Cowboys defense. <laughs> and that was just because of the fact that it was like, man, if you don't turn the ball over, you don't even have to do that much on offense. You yeah. know, and, and this and that even goes back to the, a year before that in the uh, Halloween game up in Minnesota. You know, I mean, it wasn't yeah. like he was throwing it all over the place, but he made some big throws when he needed to. But the defense was just so solid. And it was the first time since I had covered the team where I'm like, you know what? We're starting to kind of get in an area here where they might be able to win games without, you know, Romo having to like throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns or Dak having to have like, I mean, just look how Dak was playing before he got hurt, you know, with the ankle injury. And I mean, just every game, it was like putting up these huge, huge numbers. And now you look at it, you're just like, man, you don't have to do that at all. Like, just don't turn the ball over. Just be efficient. You have to punt, punt it. You know, just don't put your offense, I mean, your defense in situations where they have to sit there and Okay, guys, run out there. It's uh, the Giants have the ball on, yeah. on your twenty. Go ahead and try and keep points off the board. You know, if you just can be solid with it, I think this team can win a lot of games that way. Let's get to our picks for the year. Yeah, we'll start in the AFC East. The AFC East. I'll go first. The hype okay. is real, boys. The hype is absolutely real. The New York Jets are your AFC East champions. Ditto. Uh, Saad do, doing it too. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm always I, – I know he says weird things sometimes and stuff, but I'm <laughs> one of the biggest Aaron Rodgers truthers um, there is. So, he does yeah. say weird things a lot. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still, I'm still a believer in the arm. Um, 
Well, I have the Bills winning Super Bowl, so yeah, I have them winning this the division. Spoiler, dude. Spoiler. Yeah, Let's build this thing up. Sorry, man. Bills. Uh, Kent. <laughs> I don't know if don't I should get the, weird here or not. Pick the no, Dolphins. no, you need to pick get the weird. Dolphins. All right, Dolphins. Pick the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> is is is? Oh, sorry. Go on. Never mind. No, no. We'll talk dude. about. We'll, we'll talk about this when we get to our Super Bowl picks. Sorry. Yeah. AFC West. Uh, Chiefs for me. Easy. Okay. John? No, man. They're going to start off with this L against the Lions. Uh, no, yeah, Chiefs, absolutely. They actually might. No Travis Kelsey. I know, time. man. It is. Uh, are you going to get weird here, uh, Kent, and go yeah, with the Sean Payton the... Broncos? <laughs> no, not, not the Broncos. Did you see what he said today about Russell Wilson or what the quote? No. no. He said something about stop kissing babies. You're not running for office or something. Sean Payton said that about Russell Wilson? Yeah. I mean, is this a real quote or is this sound yeah. like all sack sports? No, this was like ESPN. I saw this. Uh, <laughs> okay. I mean, even that's. Look at I think Seth Wickersham <laughs> reported it. Take wow. that from uh, that source. Okay. No nonsense. I'm going to go Chargers. It's kind of weird. I mean, it's not that weird, but it's kind of weird, but it's not that weird. AFC North, uh, I'll lead us here, Bengals. No, uh, no. Chalk. Chalk, chalk. But. There's, there's a lot to like. The Browns are my, the Browns are my sleeper team that I'm that I don't have the balls to to pick to make the playoffs. But I think the Browns are going to be good. I'm still not putting them in though in the playoffs. Going Bengals. What do you think, uh, Sod? Yeah, I think I'm for I'm, Joe Burrow. I've said before is my favorite player in the NFL, so I'm riding with him. And and I, I agree with you on the Browns thing, just because I don't think I've seen enough of Deshaun Watson. Um, in Cleveland to kind of go one way or the other. But if he's Deshaun Watson, you know, that, that we saw in Houston, you know, on the field and stuff, then, you know, I could definitely see them sneaking in as a wild card, but I'm still picking Bengals to win the division. John? Yeah, I agree with all of that. And even to the, I could even see the Ravens uh, with Lamar Jackson having a huge year, uh, kind of surprising too. But I, yeah, I have to go with the Bengals too. Burrow's, Burrow and that, and that crew, they're just, I mean, I just feel like them, Kansas City, in Buffalo or on another level. Kent. Cincinnati. I'm I'm also really rooting hard for Joe Burrow and uh Patrick Mahomes to become the new age Brady Manning. So, you know, yeah. I, I feel like we really missed that in the conference. So Wow, just hating on Josh Allen and Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> okay, guys, sorry. AFC South, we're all taking the Jags, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Man, I don't really know. Unless unless Tennessee is like, we're going to wear these Houston Oilers jerseys all season. Then yeah. maybe I would go with them. But no, I'm going to go Jacksonville. Uh, wild card teams. I'm going Bills, Dolphins, Chargers. Wild card teams. And I didn't prepare you all for that for that one. But I, I love I started writing them down. I was like, I need to know who makes the playoffs. So, uh, Sod? I'd go with, since I picked the Jets to win the division, Bills would be my top wild card, and then Chargers and uh, give me the Steelers. I'm all about the, I'm all about pick the it pick height. height. All yeah, right. Pick it and pickings. John? Jets for sure. Um, Chargers for sure. Oh, man, this one's tough. It is tough. I'm with Sad because it could be Pittsburgh, could be Cleveland. But could I'm be Baltimore. Man, could be. I'm give me Baltimore. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, Kit. Oh, in hockey. In hockey. <laughs> give me the Ravens. 
Like it? <sighs> Texans? No. You went Jets in the AFC East, didn't you? No, he went Dolphins. I went Dolphins. So he got okay. weird. You got to go Jets or Bills there. Give me Bills. Or Jets okay. and Bills. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Ravens, and Bills. Jets. Yeah, there you go, son. Jets. Okay. And Man, I like that, but actually. Somehow you I, don't have the, I, but, but hold on. He doesn't have the Chiefs making the playoffs now. Because oh. he picked the Chargers to win the West. It's all right. Oh! That would be crazy. They don't he have can. Travis Kelsey it might, or Chris Jones. It might be tough. The fall of the Super Bowl champion. I'll, I'll tell you the one that I don't have in that is kind of bothering me right now is the Dolphins. Because I just got a feeling they're going to have a really good season. But I guess Kick Aaron Rodgers out of there. And I'm just, no. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, as someone who was a Patriots fan for 20 years, it is cracking me up that uh, we're talking about the AFC East and they are just not even mentioned anymore. It's just wild. I mean, stuff goes in cycles. Con- continuing though on a thread we've been in on all off season, really, and maybe even that he meant to last year. You you have these teams that you feel like uncomfortable leaving out in the AFC. You get to the NFC and you get teams that you're uncomfortable putting in. Hundred <laughs> percent. And that's where we go to the NFC East. I pick the Cowboys. Uh, Sod, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I pick the Cowboys as well because um, the Eagles won the division last year, and you know you can't uh, can't win it twice in a row. John, against the rules. Well, I really want to go wild here and say Washington. I just feel like they could possibly get into some type of situation like late in the year and maybe like the coach doesn't know that they need to win to win the division. So I'm not going to go with them. And I'm going to go with the Eagles. I'm going to say they end the streak and uh, finally an NFC East team wins it back-to-back years. Kent? Cowboys. All right. It feels very flip-a-coin there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, NFC West. Man, it's weird because I still am a big believer that Brock Purdy's not real. Um, but 49ers, it'll be. Uh, Saad? Yeah, this is going to be my hot take of maybe the uh, picks. I'm, I'm going with the Rams. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That is. Yeah. Oh. I, and, I like and that. I'm not, and, I'm, and I'm not – it's not a bit. I really I, – I believe in Stafford. I think Cooper Cup is going to – once he's back, he's going to be fine. And I don't really believe in Brock, Brock Purdy. And so, yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams. John. I believe Woo. I believe in Matthew Stafford more than Matthew Stafford believes in Matthew Stafford. And <laughs> more give than me his the wife Niners. believes in him. Yeah, yeah give uh, me the Niners. Thank you. Uh, Kent. Yeah, San Francisco. I'm not a huge Purdy guy either, but I heard this thrown out there on the Athletic Football Show that uh, – Sam Darnold might just take over midway through the year. They just do it again, you know, do the whole <laughs> Brock Purdy thing. Ken, if I, Ken, if I was to give you Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and Kittle and Debo Samuel, I think you're winning at least five games with that team. So, <laughs> right. yeah, that's totally possible. Right. So they can probably do it with, with or without Brock Purdy. So give me San Francisco. NFC North. John? I Give can't me. do it. I can't. I can't do it. It makes the most sense, but I can't. I'm going to go Vikings. Okay, oh, wow. John goes Vikings. I can't. I can't do this. So I'll do it. I, I, I've been hanging around John for way too long. It's it's seeped in, and and by the way, like you'll see how this seeped in when we make some other picks later. But because I didn't even realize I was doing it. But yeah, give me the Lions um, definitely to win the division. Okay, Kent uh, NFC North. Let's get wild again. Give me the Bears. The Bears. 
Justin Fields, DJ Moore time. Let's go. I'm thinking about changing it now, just so we have full representation. And I do think it's a Packers. I do, I, yeah, and I also think they're going to go seven and ten. <laughs> but what if Jordan Love isn't bad? Oh, I mean, they'll be seven. If you've and watched 10. the last thirty years of Packers football, you would just totally believe that's a real possibility that he'll be good. So, you know what? I'm going to do it, but I, I wrote down Vikings first, but I'm changing it. And the reason I'm changing it is because you guys all pick different teams. It has nothing to yeah, do. Yeah, there you go. I mean, when's but the last I time they were... I also had a team making the playoffs in my wildcard picks that I wasn't comfortable with, and now I can I can make it work. So Who was the starter before Packers. Brett? Who was their starter? Was it Don Majikowski, or was there yeah. somebody after him? The Magic, Magic Man. Man. Yeah. Mikowski. Okay. Mikowski, Favre, Rogers, man, Jordan love. love. That's yeah, my life. Uh, I'll take the Packers. Screw it. Why not? Uh, NFC South. I'm doing You're Saints. Like, hey, 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 you go. <laughs> it goes. Favre, Rogers, Love, Shador Sanders. Sorry. Okay, go on. I mean, I'd be okay. Also, with that. like, <laughs> it's funny because, like, I feel like. Um, Majkowski is kind of like the uh, is kind of like the Drew Bledsoe of the Packers, where you know, like you forget that he was actually like a good quarterback and was was doing well because then like two Hall of Famers come right after him. And, was he doing well? Then, I thought he was terrible. He was fine. I don't know. He was, was too a young quarterback. I mean, well, I just remember I the mean, Packers in like the eighties and early nineties before Brett were like one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're terrible. They were bad. The Packers were bad, but I, if I'm not mistaken, he was like a Pro Bowl, All Pro type guy. Like, there's you know, no way he was ever All Pro. I'm it, gonna check right now. So I was, I was pretty uh, much in the boat of they're rebuilding, they're rebuilding, they're rebuilding. Then there was like rumors of them actually trying to trade for Jonathan Taylor, which had to be just be rumors, considering they had okay, two running backs second already. Second team All Pro, second team All Pro, okay. in 1989. You didn't I'm have surprised to do they much even did to, second teams back then. It had to, they must have just given it to him for that mullet. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to do much back then to be second team yeah. All Pro. Hand it to the that running doesn't back. make any damn sense. I mean, uh, sorry, he, go on. that year, that year he led the NFL in passing yards. The, Pro Bowl. I'm pretty sure Jameis Winston has led the NFL in passing yards, and he's in the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame. Yeah, they they they've been uh, known to be very again with their doors. Though, yeah, again, he's got a very. It's not the Ring of Favor- Honor. Favorable mullet, so I think that factors in. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm not saying he was a legend or anything, but I'm just saying you forget. No, it sounds that he like was you even, are. No, I'm saying you forget he even like was competent because then you have Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and before that, all you think about is Bart Starr. So, you know, anyway. that's who it was. It NFC was Bart South. Starr handed handed the ball off to Brett Favre, and he took it, <laughs> and then handed it to Rodgers. Guys, too much Packers talk on this Sorry. podcast. That's your fault. Uh, <laughs> NFC South. Uh, Saints for me. Saints. It's tough. None yeah, of them, Saints Saints for sure, yeah. Same here. None of them need to win it, but... Uh, I'll go with uh, the Falcons. All right. Okay. Bijan. Bijan City. Falcons, Falcons would be my sleeper pick, but yeah. NFC wild cards. I'm going Eagles, of course, as my first wild card team. I'm putting the Vikings in. I kind of hate it, but I'm going to sneak the Seattle Seahawks in. Um, okay. Sorry, Lions. Sorry, Bears. Giants. Just don't see it. Um, let's go to Sod, your wildcard teams. 
Yeah, give me the Eagles, 49ers, and the Bears. Eagles, SF. Oh, wow. Justin Fields. Okay. Uh, John, wild cards. Cowboys, Seahawks, Lions. Whoa. And he is drinking the damn Campbell mixed Kool-Aid. Yeah, man. It's like just think of all these teams that they could possibly have beaten out. I don't know how they get past Wait the Giants get to the or the Super Commanders. Bowl picks. No. Uh, uh, Vi- give me Vikings, Eagles, Lions. All right. I mean, heck, the NFL's in on the Lions, putting them on opening night, which seems they, crazy. They it sure does are. Like, uh, by the way, NFL, great job of scheduling. Monday night, they're going to give us, uh, you know, Bills and Jets. I mean, just, just tremendous. Yeah. Uh, AFC champion. We'll start with you, John. Bills. I just Bills. feel like they're they gotta eventually do it, you know? They just keep they've run into it was the Bengals last year, the Bills the two years, I mean the uh Chiefs the two years before that. But they just keep knocking on the door. I just feel like they're due. Sod? I I agree that the I feel like the Bills are due, but I I think Patrick Mahomes is going to do it again. So I'm I'm taking the easy safe pick here. Kent. Cincinnati. Let's go. That's what I'm rooting for. I mean, dude, that is Bills, Chiefs, Bengals. I'm Thank almost. Do it. I might. I might change what I'm going to pick just so we have full representation. Do I'm going to take the Aaron Rodgers Jets. <laughs> I knew it. Screw I would love that. Would that too. make you upset if he, as a no. Packer owner, not at all? We had a good run. We had Thank a good you, run. Man. He didn't want to be here. We had a good run. It was time to but move But it could have on. been even greater, though. I could have been. Probably could have won know. more than one. We, you know, we have still a good run, man. I, he goes out I there, nothing, I have wins one with the Jets, about. and has hit the top two receivers in the Super Bowl are Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. You're not going to be when, upset. <laughs> when they do a football life on me for the NFL Network, I will look the camera in the eye and say, I had a good life. And that's all that'll be like. We don't have anything else. I've never had to have a season of going, Oh my God, we're really going to run Brad Johnson out there at quarterback. I've that's, never had that. In you're my saying life. this because like, you think Jordan Love's going to be good. It's like, let's check on you two years into no seems quarterback. Like a real direct shot at Lions fans, but okay. I think <laughs> he's going to be. Well, I'm just telling you, I've there's had been some years where you. <laughs> there's been some years when Lions fans would have loved to have Brad Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, here's Orlovsky again. Oh, God. Oh, there he is, running out of the back of the end zone. Hey. <laughs> Sean Hill, baby. You're running around the mascot. Do you not realize that you're out of bounds? I'll parlay this into a TV job. Um, NFL. Okay, sorry. NFC. <laughs> uh, gosh, you did Bills. Son did Chiefs. Kent did Bengals. I did Jets in the NFC. Okay. Look, guys, I did it. NFC Championship. Dallas Cowboys. And I don't know that I've ever done that. I think it's been, you know, at least it's being in the media game for 15 years. I don't think I've ever picked cleanly the Cowboys to be your NFC champion. And I'm doing it because I think they're the best team. I really do. Who would you have them playing in the NFC championship game? Eagles. God, we're 49 Can you just imagine the TV ratings for a, a, a Cowboys-Eagles-NFC championship game? Wow. Especially if they split the season series, so we get to mm. know the best two out of three. Yeah. Huh. 
for me, I'm I'm with you, KT, and I feel it feels weird, but I'm going down the list, and I'm just like, okay, clearly I'm not picking anybody from the NFC South, NFC North. It's too early for me to be in on the Lions. The <laughs> NFC West, I'm I'm just not there yet, and it comes down to Cowboys, Eagles, and I I kind of believe. I, I'm not a I'm I'm not a superstitious I'm a little stitious but I'm not like superstitious but right. I'm uh for me like the Super Bowl hangover is kind of a thing and I kind of keep that in the back of my mind with the Eagles and I just feel like almost by default the Cowboys are going to come out of it a little bit um and by the way if they do and let's take uh the let's take the uh Kent's AFC pick out of it and think about our three AFC picks. It would be Cowboys Bills, which with all the conversation about the nineties and not winning since then, that'd be a hell of a story. Cowboys Chiefs, go back to the early days, and Cowboys Jets, go back to the early days. It would just be the NFL storyline machine if it was the Cowboys and any three of our AFC picks would just be out of this world. I would say from an NFL standpoint, it really can be the Cowboys and anybody, and it would be like that in the Super Bowl. Like, just because it's the yeah. Cowboys brand, but then also the fact that it's been 27 years. And so there you have all that built up with it. So I don't think it really matters who it is. And I think that with all of our Super Bowl picks, a lot of people would look at that as, oh, well, that's where it will end because they're not going to beat, you know, whatever the Bengals or, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs or even Josh Allen and the Bills. But it's like, Man, I got a Nick Foles Super Bowl and two Eli Mannings. I'll tell you, no, go ahead and play that game and just, just wait yeah. to see what happens with that. Like, I would not. It's, no it's one thing if it was, you know, the NBA with a seven game series or something like that. But when you just have one you game, you have no idea. You have no idea who survives the gauntlet in right. terms of health wise. So you have right. no idea what, what that's going to end up like. Yeah, no, all those are great points. But yeah, give me the Niners. Okay. Uh, Saad? Not just, Cowboys. Oh, Cowboys. sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. And Kent. You write down Kent's. 49ers. 49ers. No Eagles love. Super Bowl. I put the Jets. You have the um, Jets voicing the, the damn the whole damn thing? If it's Jets and Cowboys, do Aaron Rodgers the Cowboys are gonna beat Aaron Rodgers? Uh Would yeah, Mike Aaron McCarthy. Rogers guarantee a win. Oh my god, I hope so. Did Mike McCarthy get the Cowboys fitted for rings? I'm going to say something that bugged me. That bugged you? No, let me tell you something oh. that bugged me about rings. The Jonas Brothers were at Globe Life Field last week, and the Rangers made them black World Series rings. Excuse me? They had, they were wearing like <laughs> commemorative Globe Life Field rings. And I was like, can we well, they, not they couldn't have been in the World Series inning? rings. It was the Rangers. Sorry, I'll no, be I'm, sa- I'm just saying they gave them huge ass rings. I know. <laughs> Never mind. For them to wear. Why? Just a thank you? Just like, yeah, thank you for playing our ballpark. Because oh, it was like baseball themed, there. there was baseball themed merch and all that type of stuff. But I'm just like, can we for a second just focus on not blowing a lead in the seventh inning? Yeah, can we do we have anyone capable? If I hey, will if, say that I mean, there Jared are a lot Jonas of arenas. If Joe Jonas can throw 95 and just not walk guys, then I'm good with it. Hey, at least <laughs> they get no help. I would get like right zero now. likes on TikTok, though. Bro. At least they just gave him rings. They can take those rings and leave. 
It could be like some of those stadiums that hang the banners for the artists. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. That would be so terrible. We're not going to name any names, but yeah. Yep. (laughs) Well, they let the quarterback play. They let the quarterback on the roster. That's true. Dude. Um, Super Bowl. Uh, Let's go to you, John. No, Bills, man. Like, I I don't know. I just got this feeling. I got this feeling that this is finally going to be their year, which is also why it always makes me kind of scratch my head over the whole, like, all that talk about Stefan Diggs wanting to leave. I'm like, why would you want to leave this right now? Like, this is uh, your chances of going to a better situation than this, unless you just absolutely hate the cold weather, you hate living in Buffalo. I know that that's totally a possibility, but I've never heard that with him. It's just about him getting the ball more and things like that. Like, Man, I would try and ride this thing out. I just feel they're they're so close. I mean, really, the Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills all just seem like they're all knocking on the door. Like, none of those would surprise me. John's got this feeling the same way the Panthers have a feeling this year. Let's go to Saad. <laughs> God, that was awful. I, no, Thank you. I, I, think I loved it. I think it's, I think it's interesting with, with John's point, too. Like, we grew up with the uh, Brady-Manning-Roethlisberger trio always kind of, you know, being there. It would be really interesting if it kind of became like, you know, between Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, like you always had one of those three kind of in the Super Bowl. That would be interesting. But um, I, you know, I'm kind of rooting for uh, KT Super Bowl, the Jets and the Cowboys. That would be interesting. I know. And I just, you know, I I know like back in the day when the Jets won the thing, it was against the Baltimore Colts at the guarantee and all that. But I would love for that kind of vibe with Aaron Rodgers. Just, I feel like he would say something on the Pat McAfee show. So we'll, we'll see. Um, about but, vaccines. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, you meant about the game. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Um, give me the Chiefs. I, I got the Chiefs beating the Cowboys on Super Bowl. Okay. Kent? Cincinnati. All Let's right. go. I hope Four so. Four different Super Bowl picks. All in the AFC. I think Burroughs just got that moxie, man. It's might be Burroughs year. No, yeah. no He's got that Brady gamer in him. And excited to see it come to full fruition at some point. Feel like yeah. On the press. I don't know. I feel I do feel the same way though. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, he's the clear number one in that category. Yeah. But I feel like Josh Allen's got that too, man. He's just come oh, up for short sure. in some big games, but man, he's played great in some of those games too. Like um, but yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me at all. AFC. Joe Burrow has to to me. Joe Burrow has the uh, is the cockiest guy that doesn't annoy me in sports. Like you know, and it's a fine line where you can you know talk the talk and not become just annoying as hell. For me, Joe Burrow walks that line. Yeah, AFC it's definitely MVP? it's definitely LeBron for me. Oh, sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Joking. Sorry. AFC MVP. Does that do it for I'm you? I'm crowning kid? myself over here. Sorry, Joe what? Burrow. I'll go yes, with Burrow. That was mine. Okay, Burrow. Um, Sod Burrow. Am I to guess Josh Allen? John? No, I'm going Mahomes. It's a regular season award. I mean, if I've got the Jets beating the Bills in the division, then I can't give it to Josh Allen. It you is a regular season. It is a regular season award, though, and I think the Jets are gonna play slow and let their defense win games. I will also go Mahomes. I know that's not exciting. Um, NFC MVP, a little more wide open here. Who's going to do it? Um, Is da- has Dak been unlocked? Who's going to do it? Yeah, that's nope. a, that's. A I'm going to go one. Justin Jefferson, but 
once Arizona finds a quarterback, that's their real MVP. So pencil that in. Okay. I really thought we were just doing MVP of the league. Oh, let's do MVP of the league then. Because whoever the MVP is of the NFC, I feel like it's like seven, eight spots behind all of the AFC people that would be Mike ahead Parsons of them. Parsons is probably it, honestly. I'm okay with yeah. that. Let's just do MVP. Let's just do one. It's more fun. Uh, okay, yeah. but let's do, a, let's do a conference rookie of the year, though. No, let's just right. do one rookie of the year. Let's do an offensive rookie of the year. Defense. Let's do offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Oh, okay. A little tougher, I know. All right. Yeah. Give me uh, Bijan for offensive. For defensive, give me uh, Will Anderson Jr. from the Texans. Probably the chalky plays. I'm going to take a gamble on uh, Jalen Carter. Which I don't know, man. I don't get to defensive tackle, though. I hear he's coming on. Yeah, I'm going to do it. is building. It is building. I'm going to do Jalen Carter. Um, For me, for offense, I was going to go with Bijan, but because that's already taken, I don't want to – that was going to be my one of my guys that I was going to – I was thinking about the other one. I'll take a, a wild uh, offensive swing at Jameer Gibbs. Um, in Detroit. I mean, so, I love this. <laughs> so I'll take him for offense. And then for defense, this is going to, this is going to make Cowboys fans ears bleed. But I think Nolan Smith is going to show mm. out. Are you sure yeah. you didn't say Mozzie Smith's name wrong? <laughs> uh-huh, <Mozzie. laughs> uh, my offensive real quick before I put, I put John Carter, my offensive, it's been wide receiver the last couple of years. Garrett Wilson, Jamar Chase. We'll do another one. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be our guy this year. So that's my offensive rookie of the year. John? Yeah. I thought about going that way too with uh, – I'm going to go Bijan and Will Anderson as well just because I, I think that they're clearly the favorites in both those categories. But when you said wide receiver, the one that I keep thinking about is, is uh, Zay Flowers with the Ravens. I just could Zay. see him, you know – it, it's weird though because there hasn't been like a great connection between with Lamar and any of his wide receivers like to a level where you'd win an award like that. You know, obviously Mark Andrews he's had, but I could see Zay Flowers having like a big year. But on the defensive side, there's just nobody that really jumps out to me. You know, Lucas Van Ness and Jack Campbell and uh, yeah, Witherspoon tough. and and Cansey, like none of those guys. And and then the thing about the Eagles guys is just like you look at last year. And, like, their rookies really didn't make that big of an impact, you know? Like, I thought – but just because they didn't have to. They were – you know, they had so much talent there. So um, – but it wouldn't surprise me if one of those Eagles guys got it on defense. It just – like, to Saad's point, and, and it's totally relevant, you know, you say it being superstitious, but there's a lot of data that back up that's going against the Eagles this year. I mean, from the NFC East not being able to win it back-to-back year, and, I mean, and when you're a quarterback, you lose a Super Bowl. Chance of you getting back to it next year, not really great. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's just, this is the whole thing. Like wide open, wide open. Uh, health will come into play and can change all those like historical markers and things like that. But it's just it feels like it's right there. And hey, if there's anything breaking emergency wise that we need to get to, we'll get back to you here on the about them Cowboys. We'll do it. All right, coach of the year. Podcast. Oh, coach of the year. Yeah, I forgot about coach. Oh, coach. Um, dude, it's it's Sala. It's amazing. It's like Aaron Rodgers can make you be coach of the year. Solid for me. For me, I thought about that, but I just I, I think that we're 
were too uh, educated and there was too much on Salah for, that if 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 he does get worthy of it, it's just going to get chalked up to Aaron Rodgers anyways. So I don't I think that that'll detract from him. Um, by the way, complete side note, KT. I was just in my mind just thinking about the uh, Super Bowl picks again. Your pick would be Mike McCarthy versus Aaron Rodgers. That would be very juicy. Oh, it's outstanding. Um, it doesn't get that spicier than that. Cowboys and I, Chargers thinking, could be spicy. That's. <laughs> I, I was just thinking the historical context of Jets being good back in the 60s and 70s and Cowboys historically, but totally blank that, yeah, that would be Mike McCarthy versus Aaron Rodgers, which would be two weeks of just fantastic stuff. Um, anyways, coming back to Coach of the Year, for me— I mean, McVay for you, right? I mean, you, you picked the Rams to win that division. I think so. Like for me, it was between three guys. I, I was between McVeigh, Dan Campbell, and the one that I'm going to pick is Doug Peterson because I think the Jaguars are going to be that good. Well, they're going to be that good in the standings because their division is trash. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Like they're sure. going to be good. John, I mean. I want to say Dan Campbell. He is such an obvious pick, though. He probably is the odds-on favorite, just because I feel like if he gets the Lions to the playoffs, he should probably get it. I thought Peterson should have got it last year, to be honest with you. Um, Your current coach of the coach of the year odds have uh, last year was Brian Dable, right? What's his yeah, name? Dable Dable beat out uh, Doug Peterson. Dable, well, um, I'm saying yeah, Dan Campbell is your leader in the odds. Sean Payton yeah. behind him. Yeah, we're not doing that. Vegas, Eberflus, Arthur Smith. Matt I think I got to go with you, man. I think I got to go with Salah. Yeah, Salah's coming in there about 16 to 1, you know, about 15. I mean, I get that Aaron Rodgers will get a lot of credit, but I think with how things have gotten with him, if they're able to have this success, I think a lot of people will look at it as like, whoa, look at this. Like it was able to work out with him and Salah, where it's not like he's always had. Everything worked great with him and his head coaches. So, uh, and also the New York side of it too always factors in. Man, I'm I'm sorry. Like I, I know that I've argued this with our people and they've disagreed with me on this, but I just I really think the New York re- is is a big factor in why Dable won it. Because I'm sorry to take over that absolute dumpster fire that Urban Meyer left for Doug Peterson. To me, that was just more impressive than what yeah. Dable did last year. But I guess that's just me. Cowboys got 13. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, son. No, I, I think that's a that's a good point. But one, one one thing that I will say related to the Aaron Rodgers Coach of the Year conversation, KT, if if your pick, the the Packers do really well, I mean Matt Lafleur has to be part of that conversation too. To you know, if Jordan Love is able to get it going, and you go, for, I mean, so that's much, a good point. What we're, ta- what we're talking about like discounting Salah because of Rodgers, it's, it works the opposite. Where if you make it work without Aaron Rodgers and with Jordan Love, then you get some love too. Yeah, Plus, Cowboys no, for go- sure. Go thirteen and four, fourteen and three, run away with the NFC. Mike McCarthy should get a little bit of this action. He's not even up there near the top of the, the odds. Not even close. But he the should expectations get are that. so high. The yeah. expectations are so high, though. Like it would be. I mean, if you won thirteen games, it'd almost be like, yeah, you did what you were supposed to do. Hey, whose spot would you rather be in? Because uh, we had a new thing for the athletic where we did like a uh, a bunch of different questions, and one of them was. Uh, it was about coach. It wasn't on the hot seat, but it was like who has to like prove the most this year. And I, and I feel like Mike McCarthy will probably win that because I think there's a lot of people that look at the Cowboys as like, well, they got to get over the, you know, the playoff hump and all that. So for me, I would say the biggest rival to McCarthy would be, um, oh, I just forgot his name, 
uh, Brandon Staley with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of them blowing that 27-point lead last year oh, in yeah. the playoffs. And they obviously have a lot of talent. And this will be his third year. So I'm bringing this up because I was going to ask you guys, who would you rather be right now, Mike McCarthy or Brandon Staley? McCarthy. McCarthy. Easy. Yeah. Me too. Also, I I, I want to say it has – the question was like who has the most to prove? Or, Dude. Because I was like, Mike McCarthy's already won Super Bowl. He does not have to really prove anything. Whereas, like, Staley has a loaded roster. They should have at least won one playoff game last year. And the expectations are only going to be higher this year. If their offense is great and the defense doesn't get the job done, then Kellen Moore's your next head coach of the Chargers, and Staley's out of there. Okay. But okay. McCarthy's, it's not like McCarthy doesn't have Dan Quinn, and, you know, right there yeah, creeping sure. up. You yeah, know, yeah. it's the same way yeah. in reverse. Uh, but, you know, I'll probably take working. I don't know. I wonder how much uh, how much Staley has to deal with his owner. Well, not only that, <laughs> but what what like the outside pressures and stuff with you being with the Chargers organization compared to yeah. the Cowboys is you know night and day. So, but I wouldn't want the headache of having a game plan for Patrick Mahomes twice a year. I'll trade you with the headache of being worried about what the team owner and general manager says every Tuesday and Friday on the radio and then Sundays after the games outside the locker room. Another fair you point. Want, I'll go back to being Brandon Staley. <laughs> as long as I'm not Sean Payton, I'm happy. Um, well, there's our picks. Um, we will talk to you. Are we post-game? Wait, did Sun- Kent do a coach of the year? Oh, yeah, Kent. Sorry, coach of the year. Mine was Dan Campbell. Yes, okay. that's why That's why I wanted to go back to I knew he was going to have you one of those lines in there. Oh, uh, they're going to disappoint us all, guys. But oh well. Kent, are we post game Sunday night? I don't think so because we got okay. away game traveling. So we'll probably be at you early in the week next week. Great, great. There's a little time to refresh and uh, get our bearings after Cowboys Giants Sunday night. Keep following. Look, up, o- look over the all twenty two. Look over the all twenty two. We'll, we'll take we'll, take a look. We'll work on it. We'll improve on it. Work on our technique a little bit, those little things. Uh, oh, yeah. Keep, good, the good bend. Yeah. Keep following uh, Saad, John. If you would share us, like us, re-X us, retweet us, repost <laughs> us, tell a friend, text a neighbor. <laughs> hey, listen to about them cowboys. Any type of love you could give us, we'd appreciate that. Heck, go into the CD underbelly of Reddit and tell all your Reddit friends, hey, this is the best cowboys podcast. I just want everyone it, to know if even one person, if just one person out there happens to text their neighbor about this podcast it will Please it will absolutely it. make my month it'll and it should send the the podcast to, to uh, new links that we've never seen before uh it's shooting it straight through the stratosphere about them cowboys there needs to be a graphic of someone going to their neighbor's house knocking on the door and just asking jimmy them. jimmy <laughs> they're out watering you listen to this cowboys podcast who is this <laughs> get out of my yard <laughs> um, for Saad Yusuf for Father John Mishota and for our producer Kate Garrison I'm Kevin and uh, we will talk to you next week reviewing Cowboys Giants getting you ready for Cowboys Jets on the next episode of About Them Cowboys Austin Powers 